Welcome to the Author to Authority podcast. I'm Kim Thompson Pinder, the extraordinary word ninja and founder of RTI Publishing, where we work with you to ghostwrite and publish your signature book that will double your business by attracting clientele and position you as the go-to expert in your niche. Next, we will show you how to use your book to make lead generation and conversion a snap while building an audience. My guests include professionals, entrepreneurs, and coaches who use their skills to build people powerfully. They will share their story and powerful tips that will help you live better. They will also share their writing journey and how it has impacted their life and the lives of their readers. If you've ever wondered if writing a book makes a difference, then this podcast is for you. Welcome to the Author to Authority podcast. And I was so excited. The other day, I was in a mastermind group with Brendan here, and he had been on the Author to Authority podcast way back in September 2020. And we hadn't really seen each other too much since then. So when I saw him there, I'm like, Brendan, you need to come back on the podcast because I have been, even though we have been in communication, I have been watching him for the last year and a half and he has been doing awesome and amazing things. And of course, he's a fellow Canadian. So what can I say? I know I'm proud to be Canadian. I can't help it. But Brendan is the founder of Master Talk and he's got a a YouTube channel that's got 19,000 subscribers on it. Okay, this is the man you want to listen to because he knows the art of communication and getting his message across. And he wants to help the world to master the art of public speaking and communications. And you know what? I love that because obviously as a publisher, I love the power of the words. So welcome to the show, Brendan. Hey, thanks for having me, Kim. It's always great to support fellow Canadians, and I'm definitely proud to be one. So good to be here. So, Brendan, you were on in September 2020, and at that point, I think you were just starting Master Talk. So, why don't you share with us what's been going on since then? How has Master Talk grown? How have you grown? And what things you've been seeing? Yeah, absolutely, Kim. Happy to answer that. So, when we first met in September 2020, at that point, I was probably 18 months into Master Talk, but most of those 18 months were really just a YouTube channel. So, I was kind of just making videos for fun as a hobby. And I had some coaching clients, maybe two or three. And I was still working my corporate job as well. But what shifted ever since we had met is I started taking the business a lot more seriously. Mm about how do I actually grow this? And I got really lucky. A year before we had met, I met my business partner, Vamsi, who really helped me figure out how to structure the business, figure that out. Mm -hmm. And the other piece that happened that really blew up my business was Clubhouse. So when Clubhouse started, I think like, what, two, three months after we met, I got super lucky. I was one of the earliest users on Clubhouse. And I just bled on that platform. We're talking like 10, 12 hour days. And I started racking up a bunch of clients. So I made a very difficult decision in June of 2021 to quit my six-figure corporate job at IBM to pursue a master talk full-time. So I basically cut my salary in half and it's been a blessing ever since. You know, I was one of these Android people who kept drooling and jealousy over all of you who got to be the first on because I didn't get to go on until May of last year. But I I totally agree that, you know, Clubhouse is amazing. And, 
you know, I've been using it not the last couple of months, not so much, but it's in my game plan and wheelhouse for 2022 to really grow on Clubhouse because it's such an amazing platform where you can share your expertise freely, you know, and people come on and and they listen to you and, and it's so easy to build followers. And I, I've been loving it. I'm part of uh, a group called the marketing cafe. They have almost 30,000 members on clubhouse and I do a weekly show there. So I'm actually also going to be transitioning into doing my own shows on clubhouse. So it's exciting. So Brendan, talk to me a little bit more about like the YouTube, because not everybody can grow a YouTube channel to 19,000 subscribers. Yeah, for sure, Kim. Happy to talk about it. One other thing I'll mention with Clubhouse as well, I, I personally don't spend too much time on it anymore. So I, we might have a separate conversation after the pod. I don't think it's a good investment of your time anymore. But definitely the early days of Clubhouse. I literally bought an iPhone just to be on Clubhouse because I have an Android too and I still use Android. <laughs> is is Clubhouse was really good in the early days because people didn't have any other alternative. It's either you meet friends on Clubhouse or you do nothing because everything's in lockdown. We didn't have a vaccine at that point. Mm-hmm. But now it's much harder because, I mean, you could like, I can meet you in person now. Like we could go have some food. Now I don't have to meet you on Clubhouse. So lots of different things I would say there. But for YouTube in particular, the most important thing, Kim, is I'll give you the strategy. It's not what people want to hear. And the strategy is... <laughs> You need to be willing to post once a week for the next 10 years. And most people aren't willing to do that. YouTube has the most upside if you invest your long-term brand, but that's also why most people lose on YouTube because they give up too quickly. Because on TikTok or LinkedIn, you could just make a post and get like 10,000 views. But on YouTube, even today, my latest video only got 200 views on YouTube. Even if my most popular one has way more views than that, it's important to keep in mind that YouTube is more of a content library. So when people find out who you are, you want to you want your YouTube channel to convince them that you're the best solution in the market for whatever you're selling. That's the point of the YouTube channel. So for those of you who are just getting started, I would even worry about starting a channel. I always recommend against it because most people give up. I would say if you do want to do it, you have to have a 10-year time horizon you have to be willing to produce really, really high quality content and even invest money. I invested $10,000 in my production every year, even back when I wasn't even taking it seriously as a business. And the third advice I would give is to make a list of the top five questions you hear the most from your prospects, your clients, and make a video on each of those questions so you can just send it out to people. That is so cool. I love to craft. That's sort of my hobby thing. And I started a YouTube channel for my crafting. And I've been working on it and, you know, not as consistently as I want, because obviously it's not my main business. It's something I'm doing on the side, but I'm, I'm really proud. Like I've gotten over 11,000 views so far, 167 subscribers. So, you know, I'm happy where I'm at, but I do have plans to grow it, but I agree with you. You know, the one thing that every YouTube teacher I have listened to has said, it's the consistency factor. If you can be consistent, but it's not just consistency. I think one thing that's really important is knowing your audience. And I think this applies, you know, as an entrepreneur, you have to know who your audience is, right? You have to know who that target market is. You have to be able to speak to them. But then also being able to combine the the right keywords. 
So what are those words that are specific to you? So I was, I've been having lots of fun doing this with, with YouTube and figuring out what, you know, what power words work for my target audience so that when they're on YouTube and they search, they find me. So that's just something I've been working on. Here, here's my take on that, Kim, having having been on YouTube for almost three years, is don't rely on the algorithm. Yeah, sure, there's some videos that I that if you search something, I'll rank number one or two. And there's strategies around that. But I'll say the most important thing is if you want to get a thousand subscribers on YouTube in this day and age, you need to be willing to have a thousand conversations. Literally, I'll give you the strategy. How did I get my first 1K? Simple. I messaged 2,000 people. Simple as that. Hey, I got a YouTube channel public speaking. I'm working really hard on it. Could you please subscribe to it? That's how I got my first thousand. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I really focused on making sure that I had the best content in my niche. I'll give you an example for podcasting because I find this is a big mistake podcasters make, especially, mm-hmm. is they think that if they just take this conversation they're having right now on a Zoom call and put it on a YouTube channel, that their YouTube channel is just going to blow up. Impossible. Mm-hmm. Because you're competing against guys like Lewis Howes, Lex Friedman, who have full production in-person interviews where people are literally camera like videoing them and posting that on YouTube. So if you're a YouTube watcher, viewer, you would rather watch that on YouTube than watch some random Zoom call. But that's different here with the audio because audio, you can compete with somebody like Lewis because it's just the audio. So people are listening to the pod because of you. That's not true with YouTube. So quality is way more important than quantity. And you need to really care. Like my YouTube channel was not profitable for the first two and a half years of me doing it. It only started getting profitable in year three, but not even because of the ads, because I built authority. So when people see my YouTube channel, I can immediately convert those people into clients. Yeah. And, 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 you know, unfortunately at this point, I don't have know enough people in the crafting to kind of do like I've had a lot of my friends who craft have liked my channel but I've been doing it organically first of all because I want to be able to teach it at some point and not everybody has the network of people to be able to get people to like your channel right so I want to I'm doing both I do ask people to like my channel on a regular basis but I also wanted to learn some of the organic stuff. And you are right. Trying to understand the YouTube algorithm is like trying to understand the Facebook algorithm and all this. But I have learned that wording things properly does make you more searchable. So in my titles are always a combination of two things. They're a combination of, you know, proper keywords. So searchable terms, but making it fun and things that people would want. So combination of both, but I think it's just amazing what you've been doing. Thanks, Kim. Appreciate you. So we want to talk about that. That was kind of our introduction. Uh, We want to talk about how to master the art of public speaking. So I'm going to let you loose for a few minutes because I know you have a lot to share with us. And, you know, so many people are afraid of public speaking. They're afraid of getting themselves out there. You know, what if what if I say something and I botch things up? Well, I do it all the time. So, you know, people still like me, but (laughs) but I think that it's real. You know, entrepreneurs don't want to get out there. They don't want to necessarily be be seen because, you know, what are people going to think? How are they going to judge me? So I want to hear your thoughts and you share your knowledge with us today. 
Absolutely. And one thing I would add, I'm sure people love you. They don't just like you. So let me add that correction. And so people are aware the, the other piece that I think is fascinating, Kim, because we're on the author to authority podcast, we're talking to people who already have messages or who are thinking about spreading their own book, their own stories. So the first tip that I have, which is the most important one I'll share today is just a question because the biggest problem with communication is that it's layered in negativity. Oh, I can't do this. I can't do that. It's a chore. This sucks. Instead of focusing on the positive. So the positive is this. How would the world change if you were an exceptional communicator? Mm. Answer that question for yourself. The person who's listening. And there's always three types of people who are listening to a podcast, Kim. First person listens to the question, how would the world change if you're an exceptional speaker or a communicator? And go, that's a cool question. They forget it. Second type of person listens to the question. And they go, huh, how would the world change if I was an exceptional communicator? And they'll write it down and then forget they ever took the notes. And then the third type of person, which is a very, 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 very tiny percentage of people that are listening to this conversation right now, go, let me write this question down, pause this episode, or wait until the episode is over, and then sit down with myself alone for 15 minutes and answer the bloody question. And I'm speaking to person number three right now. Okay. Mm. Which is if you spend that 15 minutes just answering that question for yourself, you'll figure out why it's so important for you to become an exceptional speaker. If you're an author, you're not willing to go on a podcast and communicate your ideas, and you know this better than I do, no one's going to look at your book. You could put millions of hours into writing it. If you don't spend enough time distributing it, no one's going to hear your message. And that is the greatest disservice you could ever do to the world. I didn't ask myself that specific question a few years ago, but I asked myself a very similar question. You know, I kind of, I, I pray a lot and I was praying about my business. And one day, you know, I was hesitant about getting out there, you know, imposter syndrome, all this kind of stuff. And God kind of just spoke into my heart and he said, how dare you not? Mm. And I'm kind of like, oh, you know. When God tells you something like that, you kind of listen. And I just really felt in my spirit, you know, he created me with a message for a specific group of people. I am not everybody's cup of tea. I am okay with that. But there's a group of people who I was created to speak to, to help that my message is going to make their lives better. And it was like, how dare I not? And so, you know, part of that for me was learning how to communicate better. How do I get my message across? How do I share my knowledge? How do I share my value and my passion in an effective way? And so I did kind of ask myself that, you know, how can I become a better communicator? And I'd love to share with you a couple of my thoughts, if you don't mind. Please do. So first of all, I realized like everything else in life, you have to practice. So I made commitment to myself to practice and I, I joined Toastmasters, which is part of number two, which is learning from others who are better than I am. And I've been a part of Toastmasters. In fact, tonight is our club contest. So I will be doing a speech and competing. Uh, I'm hoping to be one of the two that go on to the next level. Uh, I, I'm really enjoying competing. And it, it's funny um, the co-host of this show, Juanita Witten Radko, she's not only my co-host, she's been my best friend for 35 years. Uh, she helps me run RTI Publishing. Her and I are competing against each other tonight. 
but it's always it's always fun when we compete against each other. It's not we both want to win. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, we we love to help and support each other. So I think, you know, when it comes to communication and I'm going to let you go because you've got more to share. But that was just my thought was that you learn from someone who knows how to do it and then you practice. But I know you've got more to share. So I'm going to let you loose again. You know, the biggest thing I wanted to share was just a special effect when you said you were competing against your friend. I, I wanted I wanted somebody to go dun dun dun. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the only thing I would add, special effects. But the other piece that is less important besides the special effect, which is the most important one, is you're absolutely right. And what I loved about what you said, Kim, especially in the context of Toastmasters, because I love Toastmasters as well. I think it's a great resource, especially for those who can't afford a communication coach, because you get that community and you have a goal, which is to compete. So it gives you that motivation for yourself. The other piece I would add, besides the fear of communication itself, how to overcome it with the question that we talked about right now, that you had a great answer to yourself, and I love the spin on God and everything you shared there, is how do we now take tactics to practice on an everyday basis? So one example of those strategies that we teach is called the random word exercise. So all that is essentially is you pick a random word like phone, like copper, light bulb, wife, even if I'm not married, and then you give presentations out of thin air. And what this does, Kim, is it improves your resiliency as a speaker so that when you go back into podcast interviews, the boardroom, you're a lot more confident as a communicator. Yeah. Yeah. We do something like that at Toastmasters. You know, it, it's um, called table topics where you're, you're given something and you have to speak about it for one to two minutes and you have no prep time. But, you know, I was thinking about that, what you were just saying, and I was thinking you should get yourself like a box, like just a little recipe box or something like that and make up, you know, maybe 200 cards with a single word on it and all sorts of things from things to feelings to thoughts to, you know, all that kind of stuff. Put it in a box and each day pick out one. Mm, I love that, too. That's great. Well, because then it becomes intentional, right? It, it, it's a, if you have that box sitting there all the time, it becomes intentional and, and you get in the habit of doing it. You know, you talked about, you know, the people who hear this and it, it's in, in one ear and out the other. Right. So, you know, I love that idea because it, it's wonderful, but I think, you know, if you add the intentionality to it, then it becomes powerful. Oh yeah, you're you're definitely on the money. And one one other tip I could give as well, in addition to how do you bring more intentionality, is literally right now. Once again, for person number three, not person number one or person number two, the person who's reflecting on the question already that we asked earlier. What I recommend for that individual, Kim, is literally partner up with somebody else, anybody, right, anybody, and just book fifteen minutes on your calendar with that person every day. Mm. Fifteen minutes, not like fifteen hours. Yeah. Like, what do we book? Like 35 minutes to this podcast, whatever, like 15 minutes every day and just practice the random word exercise with each other and just do it every day. So that's like, to your point, forced intentionality, because now it's like, okay, well now it's booked in my calendar. So I can't escape this because I'm waiting on another human being to be on this call. And that's the strategy. That is so cool. You know, you should really come up with like, get like a physical card set, like have it designed for you with like a special box or something that you could send out to your clients. I think that would be mm. so cool. I, I just learned, I just got my aha, oops, from this call that I'm going to well, write down. To because too, it, you can help control the words that they're doing because you don't want 
just things like phone book. Maybe you want feelings like love, hope, faith, right? Because some of the things, a lot of things that we talk about, especially, you know, in these type of situations are our thoughts and feelings as well. So you know, maybe words like my story, right? Like small, even maybe just like single couple word ones too. Just getting people thinking about different aspects that they're going to be be speaking about, you know, or could be thrown at them. Maybe mm. even you making it more intentional by giving them uh, structured words to work on. That's really smart. You just gave me a great idea. So thanks for that, Kim. It's really good. I love doing that. <laughs> it's part of this creative, imaginative brain that I've always had. Yeah, it never stops. <laughs> You're drinking so much Canadian maple syrup that all the ideas are just flowing through you. You know what's really funny? I don't mind Canadian maple syrup, but I don't love it. <gasps> my husband, my son, my daughter, they love maple syrup. Thank God. Okay. The rest of your family is I, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I like it, but I don't love it. Mm. I don't love it. Now, I have a client who's a good old Ontario Canadian boy who married a girl from the southern states. So he lives in the southern states. So every once in a while, I'll I'll grab him a gallon or two of maple syrup and I send it to him just because he loves it so much. And American maple syrup is just not the same. You heard that, folks. If you want maple syrup, be sure to work with Kim. (laughs) So, Brendan, we're going to be kind of closing up. We're coming almost to our our 30 minutes here. So, first of all, do you have any final thoughts and how can people connect with you? So if they've heard what you've said today and they're like, you know what, I I love, you know, Toastmasters is a great idea. and, And believe me, I highly recommend it. But sometimes, you know, you need something more. You need that, you know, if you really want to go big in terms of speaking, having a speaking coach, I I believe is essential. So, you know, if people have been listening to this and they go, Brendan, I really need your help. So your final thoughts and how can people connect with you? Absolutely. So let's do the opposite because I can spend more time on the closing remarks. So yeah, absolutely, Kim. Thanks again for for having me. So two easy ways to to stay connected. Number one is the YouTube channel, right? That we talked about in the show. Go on YouTube, type master talk in one word. You have access to hundreds of free videos on how to communicate your ideas. And we hope that serves you. And the second way to stay connected for those of you who are interested in coaching is to sign up for one of our free interactive live trainings. So these trainings are not you know, webinars are not recorded. I'm on the call. I'm coaching people for free. And to register for that, you go to rockstarcommunicator.com. So those are the two ways to stay involved. Final thoughts. What I would say, Kim, is a book recommendation. So the best book I ever read on storytelling and how to make a difference in the world is a book called Thirst by Scott Harrison. Scott is the CEO of Charity Water. He's a super fascinating individual. That's why I always like to quote him because no one really knows the book that much. It's very underrated. And he started a nonprofit called Charity Water, whose mission is to help every human being on earth gain access to clean water. I think he's not just a super fascinating individual, but the way that he storytells from a nonprofit perspective is something that we can all learn in the for-profit world. Encourage you to check out the book and I'll leave on one of the quotes from the book, which is the following. The goal is not to live forever, but rather create something that will. 
So think about your message. Think about how you communicate that message and make sure that you're playing the forever game, not just the today game. Oh, okay. That's going to be rattling around in my head for a while now. (laughs) But, you know, you said that. And one of the things that I, I thought of just as we close out is, you know, books live forever. And, and so, you know, for all the listeners out there, that is one of the things that you can do that will live forever. Your words will be forever. I mean, think of books that have been written thousands of years ago. You know, the Bible, there's books that have been written hundreds of years ago. You know, every few years I go back and I read Uncle Tom's Cabin. You know, that was written over 200 years ago. And yet the words are still powerful. Right. So. Anyway, just a thought, just putting it out there for you. So this has been Brendan and myself, Kim Thompson Pinder on the Author to Authority podcast. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you on the very next episode. Bye now. Thank you for listening to the Author to Authority podcast. I have a free gift that I would love to give you. Coming out this year, I am releasing my book, Author to Authority. And if you are an entrepreneur, solopreneur, small business owner, professional coach, or speaker, and you want to find out how to gain visibility and how to build your business bigger, stronger, faster, then I recommend that you download a free sample of the Author to Authority book at www.authortoauthority.com forward slash get dash the dash book. It's going to be a great resource for you that teaches the author to authority concept and the six key areas that you build authority in and how you can use a book to do it all faster. So don't forget, get your free copy today.